Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our unnamed podcast with the Philharmonic Europe trip. Um, today, we're going to be talking about our sixth and seventh day, um, both in Vienna and also um, entering Salzburg. Um, Today's episode is sponsored by the car ride in between uh, Vienna and Salzburg, which allowed us to catch on sleep, journaling, listen to some music, uh, and kind of recharge and reflect before our next leg of the trip. Day six was our emphasis on performance. Mm -hmm. We had our concert, our dress rehearsal, and our normal rehearsal all wrapped them into one day. Mm-hmm. How did you all feel about performing in Vienna? It was really cool. Definitely the venue we performed at was really neat. Um, according to Jörg, our guide and guest conductor, um, he said that Brahms and Mahler had also performed there. The stage was really small, but all of the, pretty much everything in there, besides, you know, safety added safety features and that kind of thing, um, is the same as it was in the 1800s. So that was really cool. Was it 1800s or earlier? I, I believe it was 1800s. Yeah, like, yeah. Er, but early 1800s. Yeah. So that's that was really neat, you know, to see the same signs that are kind of yellowing but have a character... Um, and feel their own, you know, it puts into perspective the, you know, the place that now we kind of are, we're a part of. Right. Being in this really musical place and sort of experiencing on our last day, this also um, just really nice. Yeah. Um, wrapped it up really nicely. Right. I liked the different styles we had to play when we took the actual concert hall into account. Mm-hmm. As it's a very small room, but it also has very good acoustics. Oh, yeah. So we had to balance our sound to be able to play in there. Mm-hmm. It wasn't to be loud. But it was actually to make sure our sound was controllable. Right. As usually we perform in a chapel at Carthage where we are more while it has good acoustics, we are emphasizing a lot of projection mm. into the audience. Mm-hmm. For this one, we were almost pulling back. Yeah. I remember the Fortes, I rarely actually had to really dig in and let that sound flow. It was more of a lighter uh, and faster feel as mm-hmm. we played. Right. And that was something that we actually went over during rehearsals a lot. Um, I remember Jörg uh, mentioned a few times just being more careful, playing with more caution, because when you're in a hall like this, it's very easy to just, you know, like you said, dig into the string, play really loud like we do here at Carthage. And that's not to say that it's stylistically incorrect. It's just adapting how we're playing um, to this new building. Yeah, they described it as playing inside of a big viola. Um, So we had to be careful because the hall did a lot of vibrating on its own. Um, I remember he said, yeah, lighten up on the vibrato, you know, make the make the tone with your right hand, which is something we've been talking about a lot throughout the trip. Um, But it was especially relevant now because if we, you know, the hall vibrated for us. Um, so we didn't need to use such heavy vibrato. We could rely more on the tone coming from our bow. Um, and But yeah, it 
I think it was it was really interesting. Sometimes I can't hear, you know, sometimes when you're sitting in rehearsal and your conductor is like, ah, this is a new hall, you you know, it sounds really different. Um, we have to do this differently here. And sometimes playing in the orchestra, I don't, I can't always hear that, um, you know, when you go from your rehearsal hall to your performance hall. Um, but I liked actually in this hall, I was, it, the difference was big enough that I really could hear that, uh, which is maybe it's, maybe I'm just getting better at hearing. Um, <laughs> but I think it also spoke to the hall and the difference um, in our sensitivity as an orchestra. That hall really did, at least for me, allow me to fully hear and be surrounded by the other sections. Mm -hmm. As while on a normal rehearsal, I can hear the sections if I focus, for this, I didn't have to try. It just all blended together. Maybe that's also because we were being a little quieter and more listening to what, you know, if since we had to, since we couldn't play all out, you know, within our section, maybe we were forced to listen a little bit more. Right. And I think it was definitely, maybe not so much our volume, but definitely just we were all sort of after all these rehearsals that we've having. I think total now it's probably been like more than twelve hours easily. But mm -hmm. um, it's definitely taught us a lot about how to balance each other out. For sure. I think one of the things that Jurg mentioned was um, the what did he say? The first part or the first voice? The first voice, first voice. Um, being the thing that sort of should be. Um, the orchestra should follow the first voice almost. Mm -hmm. So um, I think we all learned a lot about that because it definitely taught us how to balance and how to sort of even ourselves out before the first voice. Yeah. I think... What did you guys think about how we played? I think we, we nailed the first movement of the Mozart. Mm -hmm. mm. We did all right on the second and third movement. The third movement in particular, due to the difference in tempo, we were still struggling to fully get that stylistically sound clean and really have a understanding of what we wanted to say with it. Mm. Right. As it was likely, I want to say, at least twice as slow as, oh, yeah. the, as we played it for our Philharmonic concert. Right. Mm -hmm. I, and I... I think I understood what Jörg was going for, mm -hmm. as it was going for a minuet, a dance. So it was the one, two, three, one, two, three, mm -hmm. instead of us just going really quickly. Yeah. But I think we didn't quite all either agree on it. So we had a mix of people going very light, going ba, 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 to people just kind of trudging. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. And it just had that blend. The fourth movement sounded pretty good. Yeah, I would agree. I think um, both with the third movement, just like slowing down, but also the fourth movement, I think we um, sort of came together really well. And um, our dynamics were amazing. Our, um, Like I said, again, our balance was amazing. But um, I feel like everyone played, I guess, the best that they could. And it was um, a very good performance. I think we were well prepared. Yeah, I mean, I think that, and that definitely the point of this was 
and the way I felt, it was, you know, we had these rehearsals, we workshopped these pieces in a style, you know, in a new style, in this European style, um, and then finally just sort of showcased what we learned. Um, so it wasn't perfect, but it didn't need to be. You know, it's the experience that made it what it was, and really our audience wasn't that big, so I think it was more a performance for us than, you know, than the audience. Yeah, this right. was a training and learning experience. Right. And it's a nice prep performance for the next one in February, where we get to showcase this again. Right. Yeah. Nice. Shall we move on? Yes. The next day, we got to make made our way to Salzburg and got to experience uh, a chamber music concert in one of the Salzburg colleges. The it was a blend of piano trios, guitar duets, quartets, and it was just a general variety of music. Mm-hmm. What do you all think of it? It was really long, but I enjoyed, <laughs> I really enjoyed every minute of it. It was like, two, it was from three to five-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to see all the different groups play, I always love watching, st- I prefer watching student musicians to even professionals. Um, because I feel like the energy is big. There's, it's more youthful energy. Um, I can relate to the performers more. Um, and yeah, I think as a student, just watching students play is a more captivating experience. Um, even though, you know, obviously professionals might have a technically, you know, better performance. It's always interesting to watch people like us play yeah one of the things that i liked the most was like you mentioned the guitarists um that was really fun to see like something that you wouldn't necessarily consider to be a classical instrument sort of played in a different style and um i feel like these players were sort of um giving kind of their own interpretation of what they were playing and i Mm. thought it was really interesting um, because i um, have never heard someone play a guitar like for a performance before so yeah. um, going to like musical um, not competitions just like recitals almost um, back in high school it was like we'd always have the traditional like a piano or a vocal or uh, violin viola cello bass sort of thing um, and just hearing this instrument was um, really cool for me because they played some really challenging music mm. um, and it definitely was played very well it's interesting because classical guitar was an a- actual instrument that was performed regularly at the time. Right. It was in Vivaldi, and but only recently. I mean, I know Kenosha's Soul and Ensemble mm-hmm. only very recently started adding guitar, classical guitar into their their competitions, mm-hmm. even though it has this direct history. So seeing a college or university emphasize all the instruments inside that time Mm -hmm. was refreshing. I think maybe it's partly that classical guitar, um, you know, in the United States of America, you know, where rock and roll and everything is really big. I think classical guitar, I don't want to say is a little bit, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's dead because it's not dead, but that's not how we see guitar. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're a guitarist, you're probably an electrical guitarist. You know, I've only met one... Yeah, I don't think I've met anyone 
who is solely a classical guitarist. Every guitarist, you know, enjoys the more modern type of music. So that's part of probably why that that was so interesting and compelling to us because we never see guitar that way because it's just not presented that way, um, at least around where we're from. Right. So I think it's a, I, I think what, um, I can agree with that because I think it's a part of our culture almost that, mm. um, like you said, our, with our rock and roll and stuff, we kind of um, grew up listening to sort of like an electric guitar or even like if it's a, a normal guitar mm-hmm. and it's played in a different style. Yeah. And I think stylistically here in America, we're very different than in Vienna where um, or in Salzburg where you'd listen to sort of um, a more classical um, interpretation of the guitar. I think seeing the different styles throughout the world in one instrument can be illuminating. You see mm-hmm. in the U.S. you have the acoustic and electric style. You have the bluegrass. If you go down into South America and Central America, you can hear the flamenco. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you go into Central Europe, you can see the classical. And seeing one instrument be differing in so many stylistically uh, different interpretations is refreshing Mm. and it's fun to listen to of course right yeah yeah. like um one of the things that one of my close friends asked me um a couple nights ago was um what have you noticed the biggest difference in and i foolishly said the food uh, because that's (laughs) the first thing that i could think of but um i guess i could kind of draw a similarity between how um in Vienna and now in Salzburg, um, just noticing the differences in food, but also um, being able to apply the exact same thing to music is just, um, it's really eye-opening just to know how different we are, but also how that's sort of a common thing, that we all have differences um, in each of our cultures that sort of pertains to every aspect of our life. Did you notice how these musicians really flowed and felt the music? Mm almost in a different way than we do in the U.S. Oh, yeah, for sure. Maybe, um, I think it was also partly the level that they played at. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I haven't had a lot of, you know, I haven't seen a lot of performances from, um, you know, this was obviously a very, a pretty advanced music conservatory group. Um, And so I personally haven't seen a lot of that, but I think that contributed to, um, you know, these students, the groups they played in, um, the, the program, uh, it had their name and the piece they were playing and then the name of their instructor. So this, you know, the little, the small ensembles they played in was probably a class for them. So that probably is part of what shaped that, you know, how they perform together. They probably learned how to perform together that way. Yeah. And I remember you're talking about the difference of European playing and American playing, she, he would go, Americans, they play mechanically. <laughs> Europeans, they play soulfully. And his idea and goal was for us to learn how to play soulfully and emotionally in the music while maintaining the technical control. Yeah. Then later tonight, we went to Siegel Keller, a... Famous beer house in Salzburg. Yeah. Which was an adventure. Yeah, it was it was very Literally. fun. It was a it was a it was a trek. We definitely had a hard time getting up there. Um, I think um, 
Uh, this kind of leads into my low for the day. We had a very snowy and kind of rainy day today. <laughs> um, it was very, it was, uh, what what did uh, our professor say? It was very slushy on the ground. Like a Slurpee. Yeah, it was, like, yeah, it was very uh, 7-Eleven Slurpee on the ground sort of <laughs> de- deal. Um, but yeah, we had a very long and snowy trek up the, um, it was like, it, it's not a mountain. It's like a very high hill where um, the fortress is on top of the hill. But then there's also like, um, some of the buildings on the lower parts of Salzburg sort of curve up towards that area. And it was, um, we almost got lost. So that was fun. Um, right. We were definitely, was the build, our maps were like, oh, you're right here. But um, we actually had to go up a, a decent amount up that hill. But. Yeah. Google Maps doesn't have a vertical um, yeah. path. Orientation, yeah. yeah. So yeah, exactly. we're trekking around in the dark on these cobblestone streets. Luckily, they were cobblestones, not like, oh yeah. you know, if they weren't, you know, stones, we would have no no hope for traction uh, of any could sort. Could you imagine a dirt path or something? Oh, or like my gosh. A, oh, that's terrible. Pouring rain. Did anyone fall ever? I don't think so. That's think so. a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> that is a miracle on this icy, slushy, like... Ugh! Wow. Yeah, Perhaps and that's that's not to say. Don't get us wrong. I mean, Salzburg was amazing. Like oh, yeah. when we got there, um, the first thing I noticed was just how like um, like breathtakingly beautiful everything was. Like seeing the uh, seeing the hill and seeing the fortress and seeing all these beautiful buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, like we got a little bit of snow the night before, so it was it was really nice to see. Salzburg um, with snow rather than Salzburg with a bunch of you know gross dead grass and um, it was it was it was really nice I was really thankful that we got lucky with that but um, Salzburg is definitely very photogenic I think we can agree (laughs) yeah I felt like um, Salzburg even though it's the home of a lot of influential history and current things as well um especially in music for example um the salzburg festival is held there annually um on their salzburg festival grounds um which we're going to tour later in our trip um isn't that tomorrow yep yes. <laughs> yep yep and then anyway um so every year hundreds of thousands of people and the best classic um you know the best classical musicians who are alive, um, come to the Salzburg Festival. You know, the European royalty comes um, to see operas and uh, orchestras, etc. Um, but even though all these really big things and important people come through here, it still maintained kind of a quaint, cozy vibe, um, especially with all the beautiful architecture. Everything was set up kind of you know, kind of like a cozy, cozy small town. And of course, when you look across the, when you look across the bridge over the river um, and can see snow-covered hills in the foggy distance, I mean, it was beautiful, um, but also different than what we're used to. And I think that's the reason that Salzburg was um, one of the favorite destinations for many of the people on our trip. Yeah, and I think... um... I guess just going right off of that is I think we all under underestimated Salzburg a little bit. I feel like we were um, sort of anticipating like sort of a not a filler location, but mm-hmm. I definitely was not expecting Salzburg to be as awesome as it was. <laughs> um, I feel like um, we all sort of um, 
it reminded me a lot of Vienna, but a lot more open. Mm -hmm. And it was very colorful too. It was very, um, all the buildings had um, some sort of vibrant colors. The ones that did have colors, um, not all of them did, but um, it was a very beautiful place. And I think um, we all sort of, like you said, that's probably one of the reasons why we enjoyed it so much. Yeah. Yeah. And at the uh, Siegel Keller Beer House, (laughs) it was interesting seeing the emphasis and focus. It was a little loud, loud, even though it was a little later in the evening. And it just was kind of bustling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And while I had some challenges since being celiac, nothing with beer, (laughs) and including some of the food that's cooked with it, I enjoyed the atmosphere and the almost casual openness of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's one of the things that I think um, we can bring up about last night, too, is that we went to a sort of a sit-down place after our um, our concert, and it was very different than I think um, this dinner was. It was very fun to be at a place where we can be sort of the loud Americans we are (laughs) and... um, sort of um, have just just a fun time getting dinner um, some people got drinks and it was it was it was just a really um, you know laid back sort of relaxed night I think yeah definitely I think that's all for this episode and remember I'm well I'm Osneve and I'm Davison we'll see you next time.